You're listening to Panthers on Tap. I'm Curtis Round, joined by Bryson Carbley. We're just two fans sharing a love for the game and Carolina Panthers football. So join us, crack open a cold one, some bubbly, a little wine, some scotch. We don't care. Whatever makes you sleep better at night. Before we get into today's episode, a little self-promotion. Stop what you're doing. Go give us a follow on Twitter at Panthers on Tap. Join the discussion on our Facebook group, Panthers on Tap. You can also find all of our episodes wherever you listen to your podcast. Just search Panthers on Tap. Don't forget to follow Bryce and I on Twitter at Coach Rule and at Curtis underscore Rowan. When you listen to this podcast this week, training camp will be well underway. But as we record tonight, we are less than 12 hours away from the first practice of Panthers training camp. Bryson, it's been quite some time. It's been over a month now. Feels like an eternity. How are you doing this evening? I'm great, man. Glad to be back here. And uh, we made it finally to training camp. Uh, feels like it's taken six years. This offseason, I always say football has way too long of an offseason, but we made it to training camp, and I'm excited to, to talk some sports, man. Me too. We got a great lineup of guests coming up the next few weeks. Tonight, we got Will Kunkel from Fox 46 in Charlotte. He's the host of Charlotte Sports Live, also the host of the podcast, A Relatable Journey. Will, welcome to the show. My man, Curtis, Bryson, thanks for having me, boys. I'm ready for some football, finally, like you said. Amen, amen. Bryson, let's kick things off. Let's let's start right away with Watson. You can you can fire away. Yeah, I'm I'm the Watson guy over here. I'm I'm staying on on the bandwagon as much as possible. Um, Curtis is, is trying to move on, but so uh, there were reports that came out earlier this week from uh, Benjamin Albright that he he stated, which I'm not sure how reliable of a source he is, but he stated Carolina has reached back out to Houston about Deshaun Watson, and at today's presser. Uh, Scott Fitterer stated that we're focused on the guys that are here right now. Um, but Fitterer is famous for saying that Carolina would be in on every deal. Um, Will, is Carolina still in on Watson? I think you're in from the standpoint of like, hey, what's up? What are you looking for? What do you need? What do you like? I mean, you'd be an idiot not to, right? He's arguably the best young quarterback in the game outside, you know, at least top five for argument's sakes. But they're in it. But I, I don't know, is it like, are, as Panther fans, do you guys want to absolutely mortgage the future? You can't get Deshaun Watson without giving up two to three first round picks and two starters. So I don't see how that's worth it personally, because it's not like this roster is stacked too deep at every position right now. No, that, that's a fair point. And um, me and Curtis have gone back and forth. And there was even a report uh, that said they wanted five picks. Uh, which, Ooh. yeah, I, I'm not really sure how that would be fair for any team to do. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it just really depends on the situation for me. Um, I'm, besides the things he, have, he has going on off the field, uh, I'm a huge Deshaun Watson fan. And like you said, he's a top five quarterback in the league. And um, in my opinion, he takes the Panthers from potentially going to the playoffs this year to, um, in my opinion, you know, one of the favorites in the NFC um, if he's on the team. So, but the, all right, well, you're not just adding Deshaun, right? I mean, you got to lose, you got to lose a Brian Burns, you got to lose, you got to lose some stud. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Well, will you ask me this March, April prior to the Darnold trade? I'm fully on board. Um, I think one, and I've, I tweeted this out the other day. I think once they draft or once they traded for Darnold, the ship, the ship has sailed. It's Darnold time for them. And yeah, I get it. He's a great quarterback. And I'm, I was all for Watson March, April until they traded for Darnold, but 
I feel like you, they gave up, you know, a second, fourth and six, pretty much just a second rounder. And then you're trying to get a trade now for Watson. You're going to give up first three first rounders, potentially four, like you said, two, you know, two really good starters. And then plus you lose the second from the Darnold trade. It's just, it's, it's too late for them. I think maybe, maybe I'm wrong on that, but I think it's, it's time to move on. And maybe if, you know, Watson's still around and still a Texan at the end of the year and, you know, Darnold wet the bed and he's the next Teddy Bridgewater, maybe you revisit it. But I, I think at this point, you just, you, it's time to move on and all chips on Darnold at this point. And I was, I was huge on Darnold, not from the standpoint, I think he's some hall of famer, but I said before they made the move, listen, there's a guy out there that spent three years in the league on the worst franchise in NFL history at this point right now. And he's young and he's got, he's got the physical makeup to be a good quarterback and you don't have to give up much. Let's go take a swing at him. Cause if that swing connects, you could have a pro bowl quarterback with the weapons that he has around him. And you're really not losing that much. Now, if it misses, you know, it's all right. You pick up that fifth year option. He's, he's pretty inexpensive as far as quarterbacks go. And then, you move on and kind of keep playing this Russian roulette with quarterbacks. That's what every team does until you hit, honestly. Yeah, that leads me to our next point here. And you had Colin Thompson on. I don't know if it was this week on Charlotte Sports Live, um, but you had posted about it. We retweeted it. And he went on air and he said, Darnold's a legit elite NFL quarterback. Those are that that's some big shoes to fill. That's that's big words for a guy who's thrown 39 interceptions in three seasons. Well. That is a combination of he's his teammate. He wants to catch the ball Valid. from him. And he has been catching balls or a couple balls from Teddy Bridgewater. So I think there's a big difference between Sam Darnold and Teddy Bridgewater, which is great. You've already got an upgrade. And the fact that he's his teammate. And Colin Thompson is one of the nicest, best dudes out there. He's not going to say anything bad um, about, about Sam and his quarterback. But I think a lot of it is you catch a you catch a football from from person A, Teddy Bridgewater. You catch it from person B, Sam Darnold. It feels different. There's some heat on it, or some mustard, and there's some throws that Sam can make that Teddy just wouldn't make and can't make, honestly. Yeah, and and even in today's presser, I thought uh, Scott Fitter said something interesting about him, about Sam Darnold. Um, he stated, "Oh wow, he's making a lot of progress." And then you throw something new at him, and it kind of catches him off guard. But then he changes the next day and he doesn't make the same mistake. I thought it was a little telling, um, in my opinion, that he's going to outwardly admit that um, it's things are catching Donald off off guard. I don't know if it was me looking too much into it, but um, I did. Did you catch anything from from that saying? Or oh, man, see, we're this close to having practice where we don't have to dig. You know, I dissect a comment like that, which I can't wait for. And I, I don't think you're wrong in doing so. I think, again, you got a new GM. So maybe he doesn't know how powerful his words might be. You, you don't know. And maybe it's true. But then again, he's trying to be nice about it by saying maybe he's, maybe he's trying to say a compliment by saying he makes a mistake, comes back, and he nails it. And then, you know, the, the doubter comes in and says, whoa, 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 what's this mistake stuff? And this can't be happening. Well, he had many of them in New York, but that, that's a topic for another day. <laughs> All right, let's let's go to the offensive line because that seems like be, between Darnold and the offensive line, that's been the big talker. 
um, throughout this offseason and a, a lot of fans concerned really and particularly me for sure and Fitterer said today the offensive line is fluid right now which does not make me comfortable whatsoever um, I think that's the worst yeah Sorry, go ahead that's just the worst Curtis especially when you need protection around a guy like Darnold for him to be even you know remotely decent I think and it, that's scary it really is and then you have the you have the conversation, you know, they just signed Moten uh, to this big deal on the right side. And it seems like in mini camp and OTAs, yeah, we're just this is just an emergency. If a bunch of guys are injured, we'll try them at left tackle. And now you just see it creeping in. And maybe it's the media because they're asking the questions now more and more because training camp's starting. But it seems like this Moten thing is is really it could be an option at left tackle to start the year. I hope it's not and not because Taylor wouldn't may not be good over there, but he's one of the best right tackles in the game. You just paid him a ton of money to be that guy. You're going to put him out of position. I mean, I've said this a bunch on Charlotte sports live. If, if the saying is that you have two quarterbacks, you have none. What does it mean if you have five left tackles? I mean, I mean, you're in big trouble at the most important position, arguably on the football field outside of a quarterback. So it worries me, you know, if I had, if my kid was playing quarterback, it would worry me to death. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think we're all on the same page on that one. The offensive line is definitely one of the biggest questions going into the season besides Sam Darnold and um, if he can uh, step up his play from his time in New York. But um, let's transition to some of the, the defensive uh, things to look for quick, going into Rob camp. Bryson, quick question for you. Yeah. Do you think that Sam's an upgrade from Teddy? I do. Are you, yes. Are you making? Are you safe making that bet? Yes. Yes. I. Uh, yeah. He's a big Darnold guy. Uh, okay. So <laughs> he's a big Darnold guy. <laughs> I was. I was excited for Carolina not to stick with Teddy Bridgewater for another season and just move on to something else. So um, I, I supported the trade and I'm happy to ha- to look forward to a potential uh, upgrade, more than like likely upgrade over Teddy Bridgewater. And um, I'm just I'm just excited for that, and and I, Curtis gives me shit for it, I guess. But <laughs> I'm just I'm just more of the he- hesitant, and it was kind of flipped with Bridgewater. But yeah, I just there's some hesitancy there for me at least. Um, I, I think that's fair. But, but let's stick to the offensive line, Will. How do you see that playing out? Just kind of your prediction of I know uh, the coaches don't even know what it is. <laughs> Exactly. I mean, it's a big end. Just said it's a fluid situation. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Let's go, Will. Make your final predictions right now. I mean, it sounds like Cam Irvin's going to take the initial snaps. I never thought Brady Christensen, Christensen out of BYU, was going to be a left tackle. I don't think he's going to be on the left side of the line in general. Um, Honestly, I have no idea. I don't know that the guy's even on the roster, and that's that's a bad sight if you're left tackles not even on the roster because it's not like left tackles are just sitting at home hanging out not to getting paid millions of dollars so but he has to be on the roster right but that's why the jc horn pick and he might be awesome you have such a gap at a major major position you can't piecemeal a left tackle you can kind of piecemeal a secondary if you have good pass rush and, and you and you work your defense as, as a unit, because that's exactly how a defense works. Your corners are only as good as your, your pass rush is and vice versa, but a left tackle that will be exposed eventually. And that's why I thought they should have gone left tackle. 
and I hope JC is awesome, but that left tackle yeah. position, yeah. I haven't had one in about 10 years. Is that somewhere, somewhere where, you know, middle of August, they're calling up Russell Okun in? I mean, uh, why not? Russell was really, I mean, he was very productive and pretty solid when he was on the field. Yeah, now, when absolutely. he had injuries, you know, you're not good at all, but why not? What's why, why not? Why not call me, you, Bryson? Why, why not? <laughs> yeah, I think Russell Okun is definitely an upgrade of, over anything they have currently on the roster. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know why they wouldn't. I don't know if there's, you know, something going on internally, but I don't know why they wouldn't bring him back for another shot but um but you did mention jc horn and I, and that's kind of uh something i wanted to transition into so uh the cornerback competition um i'm interested to watch uh how that plays out during training camp and you know who plays where who's playing nickel who's who's one who's two uh do you see it being a legit competition for um one and two and then also nickel if it's a competition for one jc horn isn't very good because he needs to come in and be the stud at at the eighth overall pick that everyone says that he is an elite, elite, elite corner. He needs to be number one. Dante Jackson may not have been their number one last year. I don't, we don't really know what Dante Jackson is at this point, do we? I mean, we know that he was pretty darn good when he was healthy, but again, the best ability is availability. I'm interested at Troy pride. If he's going to be the nickel, a I assume obviously he's going to be the number two. Um, or, or is he, I guess. And then what chain is going to do? Yeah, I mean, there's there's options. That's and that's the, that's kind of where I was curious too. Is you know Boye's out those first two weeks. Who is gonna? Because the root. I mean, from what they've said in OTAs, is Boye is gonna be the nickel. So who slides into that nickel role weeks one and two when he's out? I mean, is it gonna be Pride? God, I hope not. <laughs> they, they also have the uh, veteran they brought in. I believe it was last last off season, uh, Rashawn Melvin. I think they like uh, like him oh, a lot. Oh yeah, um, I forgot about him. Yeah, I think they like him a lot. So he he may be filling in that nickel before or until you know AJ Bouye comes back from his suspension. But um, do you see them adding anybody else from free agency in, at that position, or you think they're pretty well set there? Well, Fitterer said today. Sorry to cut cut in. Is that he wanted to add speed in the secondary too? Yeah. Or maybe that's somewhere that where they go. I don't know. But yeah, if you're again anybody you add to your roster at this point, if it's, it's not depth. a trade. It's going to be kind of a one-trick pony, and yeah. it better not be you're starting anything yeah. because they're off the streets for a reason. I mean, I remember when we picked up Trey Boston, like, great, great name that we all love, Tar Heel through and through. But, listen, no all pros and pro bowlers are just sitting on the streets at this point. And, yeah. and now he's no longer with the team. I love Trey. Trey's a great dude, but. You know, kind of is what it is. Same thing with Eric Reed. You pick it up. He's got Eric Reed had a little bit of different situation with the baggage he had, but yeah, um, you know, studs just aren't sitting there that you can sign that you want to start and see major minutes. Well, I think that goes to the next the safety question we had too is, and you mentioned where what's Chin gonna where's Chin gonna play? How is his role gonna look? But that who's gonna be alongside Chin? And we've talked about it. Bryson has mentioned the idea of maybe a hooker, but he signed today with Dallas. So that's kind of off the board for them. And I know they looked at HaHa in OTAs and training camp and Fitter said today they, they're kind of content on where they're at. And if someone goes down, they might bring one of those guys back. But do, who do you who, who do you think's lining up at, like alongside Burris. Chin? Is it, I mean, is it Burris? Is it Franklin? Is it 
they say they like Franklin. I think it's going to be Burris. I think Burris was fine last year. He was hardly any sort of like the problem. Yeah. Um, and again, that secondary can be good if the pass rush is good. You know, you cut down, if quarterbacks don't have eight seconds to throw, <laughs> that secondary is going to look a lot better. They get all starts up there, not to change the answer, but I, I think Burris will be the safety, and I think Chen will be strong safety slash blitzer slash everything and anything that he wants to do because he's a freak. Yeah, and I, I think more of my position is I, I think Burris is definitely set at safety, but I didn't want Chin to be set at safety. I yeah. I like Chin more of in the role that he was in last year, and he was literally cleaning up everything all over the field at linebacker and um, made that defense not be the worst in the league probably, um, just cleaning up so much. And um, he – I mean, last year he was not great in coverage. Uh, that was his his weakest spot was coverage. So I'm just worried about him at safety um, and just I don't know. I I I just loved him in his position that he was in last year, and it that definitely worries me a little bit to to move him back to safety full time and um, you know occasionally blitz him. I don't worry about him at safety, but I do worry that you're just not letting him be the player he could and should be. Yeah. If he wasn't at safety, right? Like I think he'll be an okay safety, but. Just Jeremy Chin is not an okay anything. Like he has the ability to be a stud that changes games, like he did against the Vikings. Yeah, but do, do you really think they're? That's the thing. I like. Do you really think they're going to pull him away from you know in the box type role? I think you're going to get a lot of mix of that in the defense. I do. I'm not so that he's going to be at safety. You know, ninety percent of the plays on defense this year. He's gonna. They're gonna. He's that. You know just jack of all trades, play him at linebacker, blitz him, play him at safety. So I, th- I still think he's going to be all over the field. I do. I agree. I, I mean, I definitely agree. Cause you, you, he, Phil Snow's not an idiot. Phil Snow's knows exactly. Yeah, he was too good last year. Not to. Yeah. Do. You're not going to take him out of position. Now, what, whatever, you know, letter is next to his name on the roster, you know, so be it. I, I think he's going to be a bit of a roamer and I think that fits his, his talents well despite the fact that you ask pretty much any nfl player they do not want to roam they want one job one job only and they want to do it really well jeremy chin's kind of the antithesis to that yeah yeah i, I hope you guys are right about him roaming but i don't know the way they've been talking this offseason it sounds like they're pretty sad at playing him at safety a lot but um let's transition to the next question here so uh we we wanted to address um what you thought was the weakest positional group heading into camp and the strongest positional group heading into camp. I mean, the weakest has to be tight end, right? I I don't know. (laughs) Colin Thompson, I love the dude to death and Ian Thomas is nice, but how long can a guy be having awesome off seasons and never having a good season? I mean, he's an all pro off season tight end at this point. Tight end production was one of the worst, if not by far the worst in the NFL last year. Um, and then the strongest. But is, that, is that Joe Brady's system? Well, I don't know that Joe Brady was he a great play caller last year? I mean, was was Teddy Bridgewater questionable? That bad? Because questionable, you watch yeah. the 49ers and you see Jimmy Garoppolo is just not. I don't think he's that that good. He but, wasn't a head coach for a reason this year. Yeah, and you see Kyle Shanahan putting the ball and making guys go left and right and up and down and. You can't keep tabs on dudes pre-snap with the 49ers. He made Jimmy Garoppolo awesome. He made everyone that offense awesome, and they do have some really good players. 
I don't know that one Joe Brady was a great play caller last year or was that innovative or that exciting. I know Teddy Bridgewater wasn't very good, but I mean, he can at least have some guys go in motion. So maybe a little bit of both, but it's not like Ian Thomas was great in years past. Are you, are you a fan of Dan Arnold or? I think there's some consistency there. So yeah, I think you can at least kind of know what you're getting versus last year. They had no idea what they were getting from anybody. Now, Dan Arnold's again, not a, not a stud tight end, but some stability at the position is absolutely welcome. Yeah. I'd make the argument left tackle is the weakest. That would be my, they're just, it's just been, I don't know how I can argue with that. (laughs) (laughs) So, so who would you say is the strongest then will? Maybe, I mean, I, running back, right? Because you, you can you can do it with one guy, and you and you can be the, probably the best in the NFL. Um, I think the strongest maybe the defensive line if they show up, and it could be it could be the corners. If JC Horn is that awesome, and AJ is the guy we want him to be. But there's a like every time we talk about the Panthers on CSL or anywhere, it's like, if this happens, if that happens, if this is going on, this team could be really good. Well, the more you say ifs in training camp the more you're just like you're setting yourself up for kind of some disappointment and heartbreak. But I'd say defensive line and, and obviously the running back, the wide receivers, I think is probably up there. DJ Moore is a legit, you know, receiver. Um, and Robbie Anderson is a deep threat. So let me, let me say wide receiver to answer your question. Uh, that's what I was going to lean towards was wide receiver. Yeah. Um, Curtis, did you have a different differing opinion? No, I want, I was going to mention wideouts too. And going off of that a little bit too is we talked about this, I think it was last episode, Um, but guys to make the bubble or who are on the bubble to make the roster, that wide receiver room is there's depth there. I mean, they could be cutting some guys that you'd you'd like to see on the team. Is there any guys wide receiver or not that you think's on the bubble right now? I think the one for me is fans might not like this is Jansen. I know that was a big JJ them draft, drafting a long snapper, but I honest, I honestly think they could cut him this in training camp. I mean, they certainly can. I, I don't know. I don't know what the salary situation is. I don't know that he's making you know billions of dollars for that matters. But I mean, it's all just comes down to a stopwatch for that position. That's all it is. Who gets the ball back there the fastest? Yeah. But I love JJ, by the way, who's like the best guy ever in the locker room to talk to because he will talk to you about anything and everything, and he'll hold court with anyone, and it's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) But any guys offhand that you think? Yeah, I don't know the roster well enough, to be honest with you, until training camp really gets underway to see who's doing what and where. Um, I I, I, I honestly couldn't tell you outside of, obviously, JJ. And I think Joey Sly is safe. Um, yeah, that's what it seemed I mean, like today. Short so. leash, but safe. I mean, he can't yeah. miss four kicks in the first two weeks and have a job. I'll tell you that much. No, he'll he'll be out the door quick for sure. Bryson, what about you? Any any bubble guys that? Mm. It'll be in our, what about quarterbacks? I mean, I don't know. That's a, yeah, that's another one. Is do they carry two or do they carry three? You can't carry three, right? Because I don't see, think so. You got your guy and Sam. And they don't like Will Greer. I think he's gone. I like Will Greer, so I I, I would I would want Will Greer. Over Come on, they, they should trade him over to Herney for a fifth round pick again. No. My thing I, is, I go back to every time is when we asked Matt Rule 
you know, is Will Greer going to get snaps? He's like, I've seen, I've seen all I need to see from, from Will in, uh, in practice. And he never saw the field. Mm. Yeah, but he had that off-season video just a couple of days ago where he's throwing the ball in the trash can. Come on. So did Cam. Cam had all the off-season videos. Teddy Bridgewater had a couple of those, too. It wasn't in a trash can, though, but he had a couple of deep ones. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I don't think I have anybody, you know, off the top of my head, bubble-wise. Uh, I don't think that, you know, th- there'll be huge surprise cuts. But, um, I mean, one player I, after the season, one player that I, I need to see more from this season – um, and Shaq Thompson because his salary after this year jumps up substantially to – I'm not sure um, how the pay wise is um, in the NFL in regards to other linebackers, but he's going to be one of the highest paid linebackers in the league next year. And um, he definitely has not paid uh, played up to that pay. So um, that's one player that I'm going to be watching very closely this season. And I know Curtis knows I give him a lot of shit too. But Yeah, I'm um, sure he's though – I think Fitterer or is it Solomon? Solomon? Yeah, I think it's Solomon. I might be pronouncing that wrong. I feel like that's one guy that they would probably restructure. Well, they just restructured him this offseason. And I'm sure they'll do it again because, again, he isn't worth the top pay a linebacker. I agree with you. I think. But you eventually got to pay him the money that you're restructuring. It, it, it doesn't go away. So. I know you, you just keep pushing it back and back. <laughs> so you can't anymore. <laughs> but yeah, I, that, that's probably the player, player I'll be watching the most. Um, but he's too big of a locker room guy. I don't. He's he's. I thought Trey Boston was a big locker room guy too, and see what happened with him this off season. That's true. It's true. Um. So Curtis, you want to transition to the fan question? Yeah, we had a uh, Brandon Martin on Twitter. He he posed this question. He said, "What will the rookie talent show consist of this year?" He feels like Brady Christensen is going to bring it. That was his. <laughs> That's what he thinks. Will, what, what do you got to say about that? The dude's a beauty. When we talked to him after the draft, he was hilarious. So um, you're talking about the talent show for the rookies? Is that what Yeah, yeah. Not like what will the talent show, but what the rookies talent show? Yeah. Who's going to show <laughs> out basically at camp? Oh, I see what you're saying. I thought, yeah, I, I, think, just, I think that's what he's going at. I thought, was, I thought he was talking about inside like stuff like – the, when the rookies have to put on a show for the veterans. Oh, you might be right on that. You might <laughs> yeah. be right about that. Yeah, I'm unclear on that question as well. So, <laughs> Well, you can answer it that way. I, I like that way better anyway. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, Brady Christensen, like I said, is an absolute beauty of a personality. So he'll put on a heck of a show um, for the rookie minicamp show or, you know, whatever they call it. But, I, I think it's going to be – who was the guy? I don't think it was Brady Christensen. Who was the guy when Tepper called him? Fletcher. The long was it snapper. Fletcher? Yeah, I could be him, man. I'll, I'll walk my happy ass down. I there. know Matt Rule. Yeah, Matt Rule's like, hey, <laughs> yeah. we just trapped you. He's like, what? You trapped? Like, I think he. Could. Yeah, that was the long snapper. Yep, Thomas yeah. Fletcher. I okay. think I think people are really excited, and unless he has a bad camp from a performance standpoint, Terrace Marshall, people are excited just to see him kind of make flashy plays, and and that's what this is. Like Curtis Samuel won MVP two years ago, and he actually had a bad season. And then he turned into a pretty good player last year. But um, it's it's what pops off the page is speed, catches, and, and running away from people, and you can't tackle anyone. So you got speed, you're going to look good. Yeah. yeah. Shai Smith, I feel like, could be another one too because hmm. he's such a burner. And he, I thought he's made a few good catches in OTAs. I could see – see him coming up too and just showing out but 
again, like you said, there's a lot of guys who do really well in training camp and then it doesn't, it doesn't reflect on the field when it gets to game time. So. These the, the guys that can shut them down aren't going 100%. They're not even allowed to go 100%. You just go thud, make mm-hmm. contact, and that's kind of it. You'll, you'll see a little bit more during the joint practices when you do that with the Bills and Ravens. But other than that, listen, there's a reason some of the NFL football is really bad week one, two, and three because they haven't tackled at all. Yeah, yeah. That's a good point. Will, did you uh, by any chance get to see the uh, the DJ Moore Madden rating and him not being in the top 10 um, in, in the video game? I did game? not. I missed that breaking news. Yeah, so we uh, <laughs> we were all over it on Twitter. But um, in, in your opinion, is, is DJ Moore a top 10 receiver? Oh, gosh, I got it. I'd have to look at the list to be like, for sure, for sure. But I, I don't see how he couldn't be. I'd be surprised if he wasn't, to put it that way. Yeah. Um, but here's the thing, and I say this all the time, is – when you play for Carolina and you're just waffling around 500 consistently, you just don't get the attention. No one knows who you are. You got to go out there and grab the attention. You know, Cam got the attention because of his personality and he was a stud and the team was really good. But other than that, like DJ doesn't get a lot of attention because one, a little bit of where he plays and the fact that the team hasn't garnered any attention. They haven't had a primetime game and, in two years or three years, they only get that one Thursday night football game. I, I was surprised they didn't get. I thought they were going to get a Monday night game this year, but yeah, I thought so too, especially with Cam, mm-hmm. Cam coming to town. But just running down the list quick, it's Devonte Adams, DeAndre Hopkins, Tyreek Hill, Stephon Diggs, Julio, Michael Thomas, Keenan Allen, Amari Cooper, Mike Evans, and Allen Robinson. I for sure, I thought he'd have cracked the top ten, but I think he's better than. Um, I don't know. I, I don't. Is Michael Thomas good? Like, I <laughs> that, hey, that's a fair question. That, that is a fair question. But uh, but yeah, I mean, I think I'd put him over that four yard slant. He's pretty damn good. I'll tell you that. <laughs> the fact that when I saw that report about Slant Boy, I nearly lost. That's such a slap in the face. <laughs> Teammates oh, know how to get under so your skin. Rude. Oh man. Well, well, the Panthers—they're returning. They're already there. They're at Wofford now. I'm sure you're overjoyed to be there in the heat of Spartanburg. Um, what's your starter pack for camp? What do you bring into camp? We have the players bringing stuff. I want to know what you bring to camp. So this is just going to be terrible for you guys because I just started this diet again. So <laughs> I got grilled chicken, vegetables, and almonds, and then a whole bunch of water. So I don't really bring anything. Then you know what I do do bring is I bring a thousand CSL shirts and Fox 46 shirts because you sweat through them like every four hours. So you can't go on air with that. So that's what I bring the most of. There you go. Sunscreen bug spray or is that you just, uh, you deal with it? when I get my color, you know, sunburn <laughs> turns into tan. I don't even know my wife would kill me. Gotta get that training camp color, man. Gotta get that training camp color. Do, do you have a favorite? Uh, so, well, well, first of all, how long have you been going to uh, training camp in Spartanburg? This is third year in Spartanburg. Okay. So four, you know, four training camps with uh, the one last year, whatever that was. So yeah. I think this, I think this is the third one. Do you have a favorite story uh, like off the top of your head you can think of from your time there? Uh, you know, the feel good stories that people love is that Luke Keekley is exactly who you think he is that when the fans line up thousands of them, when they were allowed to, he signed seemingly every single one and took Dang. pictures with every single person. Um, 
cam was the same way as soon as the cameras turned on. So <laughs> that was funny. Um, yeah, I mean, it's always fun when they just kind of horse around and the best is whenever the, the funniest is just to see the kickers and punters sitting around doing yoga on the field while the football players are doing football things. Um, but it, you know, it's, it's a fun time to be around, hang out. The, the unfortunate thing is the union rules don't allow them to actually play a lot of football. So there's not a lot to really watch and report. You're really watching guys just kind of go through the motions and, and shorts from a football standpoint. Yeah. I think, I think uh, something I read today was the, the um, biggest win coming out of training camp is coming out of training camp healthy. So I think it's a hundred percent. It's yeah. 100%. You, you sustain an injury. There was just no need for it. And that's just kind of where we are with it for better or worse. Well, this might be hard to answer because last year they're, you know, training camp with Matt rule. Yeah. That was kind of non-existent, but what's the biggest difference that you've seen from Ron Rivera to Matt rule and practices just in general, if you could pick one thing. I honestly, I don't think I can because we didn't get to see anything last year. Um, from Even OTAs players, or mini camp, anything like that? Um, I think from what the players say, they say that Matt, at least during the losing streak, was much more kind of, I don't want to say stressed, or, but he was, it was much more business oriented than it was under Ron, which I was shocked to hear. Hmm. Uh, I guess Matt was more vocal during the losing streak. So um, not that, that that doesn't answer your question at all, but – Jermaine Carter was the one that told us that on CSL. Interesting. I was shocked to hear that truthfully. Um, I, I we haven't been able to see any real differences because we're just so we're not allowed to be close. We can't hear anything. Um, it sounds like some, you know, Matt's more. It's like he jokes around a lot, but Ron joked around a lot too. Mm-hmm. Ron, they, everyone loved Ron. He was a player's coach as well. I'll be interested in have me on and at the end of training camp and we'll uh, see the difference between Matt and Ron. All right. Well, we'll be doing that. And uh, before we, before, unless Bryson's got anything else, before we leave, do you want to give a talk about the related, relatable journey a little bit, your podcast before we uh, let you go here. I know you got a show to be doing here shortly. So. Yeah. I appreciate that. Um, I mean, doing a podcast is no easy thing and I just started one. So kudos to you guys for getting your guys podcast off the ground it's awesome and i got one i just started called a relatable journey had daryl strawberry on austin dylan roman harper Corey lajoy nick Kozer, the dancing weatherman is a good buddy of mine that was at our station um and we talk about everyone's trials and their tribulations through their life and kind of the struggles they've gone through and their journey getting to where they are it hasn't been just sunshine and roses and as well as their their walk with in faith and with god and just how it all works it's it's something that these guys don't really get to talk about a lot because no one asks them about that at the press conference. So it's mm-hmm. a different side. Um, Austin Dillon's is really cool. Him talking about meeting his wife and, and practicing abstinence and, and really finding the Lord together and really getting to know his wife before they ever got, before they got married more than he ever did anybody because of kind of their walk. So it's really cool. And so tune in on a relatable journey. It's on YouTube and anywhere else that you can listen to a podcast. So appreciate that. That, um, oh yeah, for sure. For sure. And uh, maybe you can hook us up with Roman Harper. I've been, I tried to, I reached out to him trying to get him on here. So we'll, we'll see if that uh, works. You big time, Jim? 
I messaged him on Twitter. I haven't gotten a response, but I don't even know if he's looked at it. I don't know how that how those DMs work on Twitter though sometimes. <laughs> but no, Will, thank you so much for coming on tonight. We really appreciate you can follow Will on Twitter at Will Kunkel Fox 46. Watch him every night on Fox 46 in Charlotte, Charlotte Sports Live at 11. He'll be on there tonight. Also give, he just mentioned his podcast, Some Love a Relatable Journey. Pleasure to have you on, Will. We'll hopefully have you back right at the end of training camp. Boys, I appreciate it. Uh, honestly, you guys actually know what you're talking about, and you're not just bloviating hot air. So it's actually nice to not just sit at the bar and talk, have to hear some stupid rant about how Cam was bad for the Carolinas or the team, which is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank Will. you. Appreciate, appreciate it. it, man. Thanks, boys. All right. See you later. We'd just like to thank Will again for coming on. A lot of good insight. Fun to talk to him. Hope to have him back soon. Now to our draft picks of the week. (sighs) Bryce, and this one, this has been a while. It's been prior to our last episode. We haven't done this in a long time, but I'm drinking Copper Line Amber Ale. Uh, this is from Carolina Brewery out in uh, Pittsburgh. It looks like there's also a location in Chapel Hill, um, but North Carolina beer, 5.2% alcohol. Um, it says it's a well-balanced, brilliant amber ale brewed to be smooth, satisfying, and approachable. Pairs well with grilling, camping, burgers and record players apparently on the can it says this is and it says first in flavor that must be their promo but this is a pretty good beer i really like the can too it's a it's a cool can but yeah it's a i like ambers it's probably up there with one of my favorites it's pretty good beer give this one a try again it's copper line amber ale it's a good one all right i'm i'm drinking some uh some small local beer. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of Anheuser-Busch before out of St. Louis, Missouri, but uh, it's new to North Carolina. So I figured I'd give it a shot here. Uh, Bushlight Apple. Oh, you got to um, do better Bushlight with fan. Bushlight. Come on, give it the Bush. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I, I'm a huge Bushlight fan. Uh, I, I, that's my golf beer of choice. Tastes like water, so it keeps me hydrated. Um, but but Bushlight Apple, uh, it's really good. Uh, it kind of reminds me of a Angry Orchard kind of, but uh, it, it's it's not a cider though. It is beer mixed with um, apple f- natural flavors, is what they say. So where would you um, rank it, it is, in the uh, apple beers? If there's, I mean, there's probably four or five out there that most people know. Is it is it your favorite? Like out out of the ciders? Like yeah, the, uh, Reds, like Angry Orchard. Angry Orchard. Um, yeah, I, I think this is my favorite because I think the other ones are more uh, like like sweeter because they are ciders. Um, so this one's a little bit more tame than those, in my opinion. Um, I, I enjoy it a lot. I'm going to go buy another 24-pack uh, of it. I've almost killed this one. Um, <laughs> it's limited edition, so I don't know how long it's going to be out. But Yeah, you better um, stock go, up, man. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to go buy some, definitely. It's at my local food line, so I don't know if uh, you guys live near one, but I would go look and see if they got it and um, definitely buy you a pack and try yeah, it. Yeah, shout out to Food Lion. I, I expect some sponsorships from some of these places soon here. Yeah, come on. Yeah. <laughs> it's getting ridiculous. Out here. Uh, well, thank you guys for listening to Panthers on Top podcast. I just want to thank you guys for continuing to listen to us. I know it's been a stretch here in the summer, but we're glad to be back talking Panthers football. I'm excited. We're going back to weekly podcasts. 
So you can expect one every Thursday morning and just keep on listening to us and subscribing. You can catch all of our episodes every Thursday on Apple Music or wherever you listen to your podcast. And make sure to give us a follow on Twitter at Panthers on Tap for all your analysis and breaking news. We're going to probably try to pick up some sort of giveaway here shortly. Uh, Stay tuned for that. But in the meantime, as always... (laughs) 